Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and you might notice that we sound a little bit different this week and that's because the podcast is out of isolation. Yes, that's right. Uh, Here in Western Australia, we have been uh, very fortunate that our uh, interactions with COVID have been quite reduced compared to lots of places around the world. We've had a a reduction in some of our social distancing rules. And because of that, we have decided that now's a good time to get together and safely and responsibly talk about movies. And so we're going to carry on right as we uh, always do. This week, we're watching a film that's turning 40 years old, and it is The Blues Brothers. That's right, the Blues <laughs> Brothers. This is uh, a big deal for some people. Uh, joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Kato Sullivan! Hello, I'm back! And I still haven't seen this movie. <laughs> that's okay, that's that's, that's what we're point. here today. Yeah. We are going to fix this. Uh, Kate, just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I am a science performer, science presenter, but I am currently doing my uh, Masters of Teaching, so I am going to be back in classrooms blowing stuff up instead of out in schools blowing stuff up in a different way which makes you the coolest teacher at the school i'm presuming yeah something like that something yeah like that. yeah that's fair um you've not seen the blues brothers no what do you know about it and what are you expecting um i feel like i know bits and pieces but mostly because it's one of those films that everyone assumes that lots of people have seen mm whether or not you've actually seen it. Um, I'm not currently wearing sunglasses, although I feel like I should be, it being night outside. Um, I feel like there's lots of jail scenes and things at the end that I should have seen referenced in other films, but I'm just, I feel like I'm going to enjoy myself. That is what I feel like about this film, that it is a feel good movie that people are like, yeah, that is a movie you should see mm. because it's fun, not necessarily because it's um, n- gritty in any specific way. All right. Well, joining us as our guest who has seen the film and making her first return to the program in just over a year, it is Esther Longhurst. Hello. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, our absolute pleasure, Esther. Just for the folks at home uh, who may not have heard your previous appearance, who are you, Esther, and what do you do? Um, my name's Esther. I I'm a, I guess you would call me a cool mum. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've got two kids. Um, I'm also an artist and a performer. And um, I, I think like a, a little bit, a little bit of a nerd. I don't know. Is that, is that a good intro? That is the best intro. <laughs> is this a great I've personality? <laughs> Tell me I'm good. I think it sounds absolutely yeah. wonderful. Thanks. Esther, you have seen the Blues Brothers. Uh, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way for people like Kate, and myself, who have not seen this film, uh, what what should we be expecting? I think I think you can be expecting to feel really cool and excited. Um, every sort of 
10 minutes. I think, I think you can anticipate just feeling like everything feels special in this movie. There's, mm. there's lots of moments after moments that feel fun and feel significant and feel special. And I think you can expect to be delighted because there's so many faces and voices that you'll recognize and having them all together in one film. Plus, there's some pretty spectacular things in this movie. Okay. Well, I think that sounds absolutely riveting. Yeah. Shall we watch The Blues Brothers? Yes. And for those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and prepare to drive the 106 miles to Chicago with your full tank of gas, half a packet of cigarettes because it's dark outside and we're wearing sunglasses. It is The Blues Brothers. everybody we have just finished watching the blues brothers and by we i of course mean esther longhurst yes you do and i also mean kato sullivan yeah that was fun it was fun (laughs) that was fun you enjoyed it yeah i mean you all got everyone in the room got to see the wonderful joy of my face during certain moments of oh no but like yeah just the just the accurate science just the, of the, the film. such accurate science <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but i also know that i don't tear things apart unless i'm really enjoying myself so mm. yeah yeah nice. um, so first time watching it yeah it's enjoyable and it's fun i, I suppose did, did it live up to what you're expecting of it um i think i can totally see why everyone loves it um mm. i think i would probably have to sit and watch it again because I think there's things I missed and things like that that you can only get when you watch it as something like that a second time because there's so many little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think I can see why all my mates were like, why haven't you seen this movie? Mm. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, I mean, as a first-time viewer myself, I was just sat there going, oh, okay, okay uh, this this is fun the whole way yeah. through. Yeah. The whole way it's through. There's, it, it's, it was some, something you were saying, Esther, is watching it. There's no, there's no moments of lull. Yeah, no. it it never drops off, and I think that's remarkable. Yeah, it's a it's it's watching it tonight. I was really struck by the craft of it. There's just mm. so many like, you know, the oh, is there anything else we can get you? Yes, do you have a Miss Piggy crash? Actually, like yeah. for, you know, like there's just like the that's all the way through the movie. Just it's like really great the timing and the craft. Is, mm. I'm feeling really smug right now. Like <laughs> I made the movie because I'd seen it. Like yeah. I just feel like. Hey guys, come over and watch this movie I made. Because <laughs> I've watched it as a child and I've seen it so many times. I did sit there and every time you guys laughed, I felt like I deserved like a little bit of that laugh. <laughs> and to be honest though, I think that's a really interesting thing with those films from our, our younger years. Mm. Like if I were to sit down and make someone watch, um, or oh, let's say Monty Python and the Holy Grail or airplane which we have done previously on this program i haven't seen that film well we've got uh, go back about 150 episodes and we'll, we'll, we've got you covered i'll listen to the podcast i have a stalker who keeps asking me if i've seen it yet i'm like leave me alone oh well um regardless of whether or not you stalkers are fans of the film um it, it is one of those things where when you watch a film that was really you just remember being so fun from when mm. you were a kid and then the fact that it's still retains a lot of that um and you know for a film that's 40 years old yeah. um not not only is it still 
funny, it's still relevant in terms of like what it discusses. I mean, there's Nazis in America running around, which really surprised me as being like, oh, this this was not only part of the conversation of what was happening then, even though they were there mostly as a thing to ridicule this mm. sort of um, Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis, like yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah, just real casual. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, it was just so weird to see that. And obviously, you know, um, lots of police officers in um, situations of high stress. And it just was really weird watching it and going, huh, this, this feels like it, not that it was made today, but that it was made for today yeah. in a really weird way. I feel like the humour in it hasn't dated because mm. the humour in it is smart. It's mm. not playing to a lowest common denominator and it's not playing to something that is relevant when the film was made. It's playing to things that are just genuinely like, this is a fun, dumb thing that we can do mm. yeah. that will get a laugh or will break what could be a really tense moment but absolutely shouldn't be. Illinois Nazis as, a, as an example. Yeah, like, yeah. John okay, Ken- Nazis. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Like, yeah, they yeah. all fell in the river. <laughs> yeah. John Candy. John just Candy in general. ordering three orange whips. <laughs> like, <laughs> orange whip. Orange whip. Orange whip. <laughs> three orange whips. And I just love it was one of the, the um, troopers just put his gun on his shoulder and started to walk off. Um, yeah, but, that's so good. <laughs> like, and that's the really lovely thing as a first time viewer mm. I found is that there's so many of these moments that I was just watching going, this this is one of those moments that would make me laugh had I watched this as like a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old yeah. and I'd be like, the orange whip thing. Because it already, it just has that feeling of like classic lines of, of humorous films. Like, yeah. um, like you know, from to, to go back to something like Holy Grail, you know, it, it, it kind of like has that same energy as something like the African and European swallow, th- those kind of moments. Mm. Um, the story such that it is, um, is, is quite simple, really. Um, mm, two, yeah. two brothers, two, two brothers, uh, Jake and Elwood Blues uh, have to save the orphanage that they were brought up in. Uh, they have to get five thousand dollars, but they can't get it through illegal means because that penguin won't let them. They're <laughs> the nun that runs the, the place. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they've got to get a band back together and put on a concert that will get them the five thousand dollars. And uh, Esther, you were you were saying that um, when we were watching this, that this was born out of this whole concept was born out of quite a, a I guess, a thin sort of premise from saturday night live very loose (laughs) (laughs) the two of them had a little duo musical act on snl where they would have this like ridiculous long intro like they were this famous touring band and then they would come out and sing like a a popular jazz blues song nail it you know (laughs) um john belushi would you know he had awesome vocals and mostly Dan Aykroyd would just do this like goofy dances in the background and then sing some real low notes. Mm. And I I reckon it must have just been like, hey, why don't we get all the coolest people mm. that we've ever heard of and make a movie in this genre? And there are some really good people in oh this movie. Oh my gosh, the cast is just... Wow. <laughs> it, it is phenomenal. Um, cool, coolest person for you, Kate? Who was the uh, one that made you go, what? I mean, it, it has to be Aretha Franklin. Franklin. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there being like, yes! Okay, people who have told me to watch this movie, why have you not told me that she is in this movie? Because I would have watched this movie like a oh. month, like months before. But I think most so people... So that was a complete surprise for you. You didn't know well, it was going to happen till it happened. 
No, and I think what's I, what I think is interesting is I wonder how many people who've told me to see this movie wanted to see my face in that moment when <laughs> I found out she was in the movie. Like, as soon as she was on screen, I was like, and like, that's the there's face. No, yeah, there's yeah. like the, the face is just like wide eyed, like what? Mm. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's a read the break. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I am aware <laughs> who that person is. Yeah, and again, um, I'm, we, we're going to say this about all of them but oh yeah she was great oh she was so good like, like everything you wanted that that character cameo-ish mm. moment to be and more yeah, yeah. For, for me it was james brown i had no yeah, idea fair. james brown was in this film and <gasps> james brown is just one of my favorite like musical acts mm. just because he is all energy and i just love i, I love what how his hair looked in this film this kind yeah. of weird <laughs> bouffant yeah. uh, like thing that he's got going on and i just love watching james brown perform and seeing him as the the reverend in this church and just that i mean the the choreography is fantastic throughout this film but that first church sequence is where you first really see the the choreography on on show in this film that i was not expecting dance routines like maybe i i knew there were musicians so maybe they'd be dancing i wasn't expecting full like you know Busby Berkeley style routines mm, happening. People flipping well, two like, stories like, yeah, high. Let's, yeah. let's do a, let's do a trampoline flip in a church. Yeah. Why not? And I think that's one of the one of the really wonderful things about this film is that it it every now and then it dips out of what you expect the reality of the yeah. film to be. Even though it's established very early on that this is a very silly place, yeah. like when you have. Um, uh, Jake having to stand behind the yellow line but lean forward to sign <laughs> his signature as he's getting his stuff back from the prison. Um, and then they just pepper it every now and then with things like the trampoline or Carrie Fisher with a rocket launcher. Like, <laughs> I want the I need ground to know, anti-tank missile. I need to know <laughs> how she fit it in the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's so great just this this like scorned woman just mm. like rocking up in oh, every scene except you know i mean i think we, we mentioned it when it was on that last scene that she's in would not fly in a movie today mm. <laughs> no no There's little bits like that where i was like okay yeah i mean I, I i was very surprised how little or how few moments there were like that compared mm. to other films of the time period oh um, yeah when we sure. did history of the world part one which is a mel brooks yeah. film that was released a year after this one um there was a lot of things when watching that where i was like oh this is devastating yeah, yeah it's like i mean there's bits of that film that i still love but there are also sequences where i'm like i think that this makes this film almost unwatchable in some yeah. respects this film did not have as many of them or as egregious, um, I, I would say, that, yeah. crimes. Yeah. But I, I suppose we, we the, the the big one is how uh, Carrie, her character's not named Carrie Fisher. She's just like this mystery woman. Yeah. 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 Un- He's like, who's this? Like, he hasn't even told his brother <laughs> yeah. about this the, woman. The unnamed potential He left <laughs> at the aisle. Yeah, so uh, 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 Jake's fiancé and Jake. And the way that that resolves where he just kind of lies and i think that she knows it but he takes off the glasses and it's the only time he takes off the glasses and they have that connection and it's almost as though her character is just like doomed to be constantly in love with this guy who's a real scumbag (laughs) like 
Yeah. And the fact that it's just, you know, smooch on the lips and then drops her in the mud and says, let's go. I, th- like... I think the most, I think the grossest part about that, and I knew it was coming and I actually found it really funny tonight mm. <laughs> watching it. But the, the grossest part about that is it's done to keep this narrative of these characters are really cool. Mm. These characters yeah. are so cool. Nothing phases them. Yeah. And, and going, these characters are so cool. They can manipulate a woman, drop her in the mud, run off and not feel any remorse. Mm. I think that's like, that's the grossest part about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, it's also that and, and Twiggy getting left at the port. Like, we'll meet up at the motel later. We're never meeting up at the motel ever. <laughs> I, she knows I don't feel things. sorry for Twiggy. I do. <laughs> she, she hooked up with Dan Aykroyd they, in real life I know. Yeah. through and, that movie. And also, um, you know, um, Elwood was a little busy getting chased by literally every police car in the state of Illinois. Another point. I, I reckon <laughs> Elwood would have shown up for it. If, yeah. if he if he thought he could, yeah. he would have shown up. <laughs> oh, just, just flash back to Elwood's tiny, tiny apartment. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 Twee was better off. Yeah, yeah but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, again, the tiny apartment. <sighs> it feels like it was quite a big part of the film but really it wasn't in it for very long and (laughs) and we will get to uh how we leave the apartment um and and your uh physics musings (laughs) oh my god so many (laughs) but but i just again everything was so well set up Mm. to draw humor out of it that that was that was the thing so like the apartment being tiny and like oh do trains go past often ah you'll barely notice them and then pretty much every shot there's a train going past or the window or, yeah. or the noise um same with the first proper car chase sequence through the mall where they're hitting so many how shots. many buildings can we how many shop fronts can we hit it's, it's so wonderful so that they actually used a functional mall mm. none of that was set they actually destroyed a mall mm. and that mall stayed in existence but not functional mm. till 2013 right after so <laughs> so quite a time mm. quite a time what's that 33 years uh, yeah, yeah yeah 33 years that mall just sat there unused after being completely destroyed in chicago mm. in it yeah or yeah, in illinois in illinois yeah. yeah yeah um but just a wonderful sequence and the again the the chase sequences mm. are fabulous yeah it was really not I, I, I guess because i knew going into it it was a saturday night live kind of spin-off mm. character film i wasn't necessarily expecting it to be so well put together I think the cinematography in it was like it absolutely adds to that because you mm. the car chase sequence you could have just had here is an overhead shot of a car sequence that goes on and you add more cars and more cars and more cars think Thelma and Louise like you could have yeah. had that but you didn't you had them going at 110 miles an hour down an actual Chicago street yeah with yeah. Uh, as you as you said I said with people in the background so you can tell how fast the cars are really mm. going yeah. <laughs> we we haven't sped this up this, <laughs> this is, is actual speed yeah but then cutting between all the different shots so that you don't get bored of a chase sequence that is quite long it's long but at no point was I like oh please end no I, like yeah it was just like more yes more cars in a pile <laughs> more crashes yeah. more crashes yeah. more crashes it um, was that thing it, it reaches the point when they leave the concert or even before when they're rallying people to come to the concert mm. where it's like everything just gets worse from here yeah. mm. and at no point does anything slow down the pace like everything just keeps getting bigger and mm. bigger and bigger so you mm. don't go oh it's more of the same no mm. 
Um, it's more hut, 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 yeah, yeah. on the side of a building. <laughs> yeah, the swap like, out. More ridiculous. How many people with a gun can we fit in a stairwell? And, and yet, in the middle of this film, which is farce comedy like mm. that with, with just so many firemen and army troopers mm. running through and then them all stopping going, excuse me, did you see two guys run through here in the suits? <laughs> it has moments like that. It has these thrilling and occasionally... Uh, logic-defying car chases. It's got explosions. And it's got Cab Calloway singing Minnie the Moocher in like a magical sort of transformative The power of theatre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, Cab Calloway, you're just looking at it going, how how did they get him? How did they they get Ray Charles? It must have been they got one. The movie is the the musicians they feature. That's that's what that film is. That like I think this film is an introduction to like jazz the music rhythm industry, well, like like <laughs> yeah. blues and jazz yeah, and um and soul music. Mm. Um and it's it's such an exciting film because I think it mm. I think it did connect the world mm. and I don't know if you know this but this movie grossed more outside of America than in it was the first movie to do better outside of the States than I can see why than inside of America. Um and it introduced the world to this genre and to these people mm. that m- people might not have known at that stage. Yeah. And like, even the fact that like Johnny Lee Hooker is in this film, but they don't interact with him. He's just a street musician, mm-hmm. but yeah. he gets his like 30 seconds of just seeing him doing his thing. And it sets the tone for that bit of Illinois that they're in before yeah. they go and see um, Aretha and whole, Franklin. Yeah. The whole community just being like, this is, you know, this is how we do. Mm. And the soul food sign as they enter that restaurant, mm. just the vibe. And I, I think that kind of community that they showcased, it's really interesting. The fact that this, this film is, you know, predominantly on the poster. It's, it's two white men, it's two white comedians, but it, it, it had a real sort of almost it was almost like that was kind of like a way of getting the hook to get people to go and see this film which really is actually kind of a showcase of this other non-white cultural aspect of america at that time and indeed of, of american history and i was again i was not expecting that and i loved it i think it, it that and that fact about the film casts mm. that all section with the if you are a white, um, you know, you can come join the, what was it, American Socialist? We worked out that the acronym was... It's spelled, it's spelled ass white, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're starkly like, oh, that is a group of white people. Hmm. I haven't seen, like, that, I haven't seen a big chunk of group of white people in this movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, the, the majority of the band is white. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our two lead characters are, are white. And we do spend, you know, we, we have a lot of white cast in this film. But particularly for an ensemble comedy mm. of that time period, and indeed ensemble comedies which have come in the 40 years since then, um, much more, it was much more diverse than I think I realised mm. that those types of films could be, in a sense. Yeah, I think the, the, the stereotype of who the comedy film is about is a mm. bunch of white people, which is not great. To be very clear, that's not great, <laughs> but it it does kind of defy that in a way th- without ever actually being like, by the by, this is what we're doing. It's like, no, we, this this is the thing. Mm. It's, it's interesting. I was reading today that um, 
there were a bunch of movie theaters that said they wouldn't show the film and that were two reasons for that one was that they they were looking at doing a two and a half hour version of the film or is it how long how long was that run the version we watched which is the version that's currently streaming on australian netflix but only for the next two weeks uh, in fact i think it's only Week. up for another 15th yeah 15th so uh Actually, by the time this goes up, I think it will have left Australia. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sorry, everyone. You'll have to get it on DVD. Um, but <laughs> what's a DVD? Uh, it's this. It's kind of like a hard. No, don't explain copy. it. I don't okay. want to know. Okay, that's fair. that's fair. You're the cool mum. You don't need DVDs. <laughs> um, it was it was the two hour and twelve minute version. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's the two hour and twenty eight minute version, yeah. which is the extended cut, which they originally wanted. Were pitching, yeah. yeah. So theatres didn't want it for that, and they also didn't want it because they were saying it's a black movie, it's a black person's movie. We don't, we don't want this. We don't want to show this. It won't bring crowds. It won't. Um. Well, that's not the case. Well, but then you look at the fact that, well, as Esther said yeah. before, this movie did so much better outside yeah, of America. It's really popular in Australia. Mm. In Britain, yeah. I mean, I was aware growing up of the Blues Brothers simply because it was such a popular. Uh, costume party costume yeah uh because it's dead simple it's two black suits the hats yeah. and the sunglasses um but i remember countless parties where people went like that my 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 two uncles uh, fun fact i used to do community radio everyone and i had two uncles <laughs> what? Of, yeah you've got a you great really? voice <laughs> shucks guys um but i used to do a program about uh, english football and i had two uncles that were living in australia at the time they'd come on and they were the blues brothers because they both support manchester city major character flaw but we'll, we'll move on from that <laughs> um but but like that was kind of like their go-to costume it, yeah. it, and like it was always a part of like you'd see a costume party there's those couple of costumes you'd always see like you normally see a batman you normally see like maybe a dr frankenfurter um and then the blues brothers were always there and it was just always this kind of like presence this image of these two dudes who you're right esther they are undeniably cool um and they are unfazed for good and for ill by anything that happens to them. I don't them. know why this feels like you're praising me directly, but it does and <laughs> I love it. Because you were right. You <laughs> was, said it at the start. I was right. You, I you was said right. Like you're right. I feel like they uh, like this this film introduced me to some of my favorite musicians. Mm. Um we we had the Blues Brothers album and when I bought my first two albums, I bought Aretha Franklin and James Brown. Um, and I uh, got into a bunch of different jazz musicians and um, soul musicians at sort of, you know, that like, you know, 15, 16 mm. and always listen to those and still do. Um, and so I there's so many wonderful things about this film. But I think I think watching it with you guys and seeing the way they responded, all the cool ways they responded, like. Mm when they got shot at with it with a missile and just brushed themselves off and mm. didn't comment on it and walked away this is glue <laughs> yeah. yeah just there were so many cool moments when they when they're um having a fight while the police are chasing them mm. and it's it's not like shit the police are chasing us they're like First, you get me out of juvie in the wrong car. Like, it's just this list of, like, he's just annoyed. And they're having this stupid argument. Um, He's like, you want out of this car park? Fine. Fine. (laughs) It's just so, it's so cool, everything Mm. that they do. Um, All their little shared looks. 
Oh, I love it. I think it's also interesting that I think part of what their cool image is is that they're going up against things which are quite um, either uh, structures that are either establishment or authoritarian. Like we, we start with Jake leaving prison. You know, mm. that's that's about as anti-establishment as you get. Yeah. But then we see him sign his name as an X. Like yeah. either this guy hasn't learned to write mm. or he just doesn't care. Yeah. And then we see them, you know, like they're, they're hanging out with like, it doesn't really matter who the person is in terms of where they're from or anything like that. They're hanging out with people of all sort of backgrounds. And, um, you know, we, we see them go to the fancy restaurant and just be so rude and just like make that part. <laughs> I of the want to buy your women. <laughs> oh, yes. God. They make and like they make that section of um, the establishment feel uncomfortable. And then they, you know, go to the, the country music bar and like, even though they have to perform Rawhide and um, stand by your man on loop, presumably for several hours, <laughs> they still like, you know, stick it to that section. And then of course with the, with the Nazis or um, yeah. as I've just looked up the American socialist white people's party or ass whip, <laughs> um, you know, they're sticking it to that kind of like a very different type of authoritarianism, mm. but like they're constantly railing against these power structures mm. but they're not like sort of actively doing it it's just that if they kind of get in the way of what they're trying to do which is save an orphanage <laughs> yeah. um, they will go against them and yeah they have that whole belief of being on a mission from god mm. um, and i think that's such an interesting motivation for a film because it's something that i it's something that i feel that can be in the wrong hands used in a way that can alienate mm. um, either the character from from the audience. And in this, I think the way it was shot, I think when we see Jake's moment with literal light from the heavens coming through <laughs> James Brown's church, um, it, it's just established so clearly that they truly believe that this is what they're doing. Yeah. It, it works. And it, it's, it's, it's tonally so all over the place and yet perfect. I think, yeah, it, it times the sort of crazy hype fast 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 and then occasionally you snap back to them standing in an elevator and mm. you you kind of get this this thing of just yeah you believe it and the the way it's shot absolutely mm. gives you every moment that you need mm. to stay on that train and it's, it's also the rules that they choose to honor like yeah. if you're in an elevator you're listening to the girl from Ifemina, like an <laughs> instrumental and you're just standing there slightly awkwardly like and the fact they honor that but then five minutes later do the most incredible escape in a car but from also the then they barricade the door yeah the reception with, yeah. <laughs> like, with just like the lightest the things they the glass could door yeah. with the reception desk yeah and you can hear the like the faint sound of <laughs> like when they would technically be like three meters away mm. <laughs> just like this barrage of people yeah. while signing checks to go from me banana it is remarkable okay yeah. You're a scientist. I am. Uh, <laughs> as we introduced in your last appearance on this program, it's our new section, uh, What the Science? So, Kate, we, we, when watching this film, um, obviously you, you're watching it with a, with a scientific eye. Yes. <laughs> and this film, I think, offered a lot of uh, physics-based yep. um, conundrums. Yep. So what would be, I suppose, the moment... Let's let's try and start positive. Yeah. What was the moment that maybe was the kind of like most scientifically either accurate or satisfying? Yeah. No. I mean, I ha I did. I've got like two ticks next to a note, which basically meant like yes, that was good. 
Well okay. done. Which was driving through the mall and they're like oversteering and you're like, yep, you spun out and hit that thing and hit that thing. I'm like, yep, that, that is a lot of the driving mm. in the wet. And I'm like, yep, you would skid. Mm. Good. <clears throat> well done. You All know right. how you know how friction works. <laughs> well, they certainly do. But now, uh, now for on the, the other hand. <laughs> the inverse, yes. Um, there's a lot to choose from, I feel. <laughs> so but but what stands out for you as being the most uh, scientifically egregious moment from this film i mean this this sort of like i think there's like three that it has to come down to and it's mm. either blowing up the building mm-hmm. the telephone booth going to the sky like a rocket oh yeah or we'll turn about... the car around and then it's gonna flip through the air for mm. no apparent reason yeah <laughs> i'm like look i think the explosion thing is always interesting. The telephone box, I was like, but but there was nothing underneath it that would make it explode like a rocket. What? It's just, it just got hot. <laughs> it just mm. got hot and went... Like, if it had been on top of the gas thing, yes, mm. fine, good, could, could deal with. Mm. It was next to it. Yeah. <laughs> it should have gone sideways. Yeah, it went about 90 degrees the wrong direction. <laughs> and very straight up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I've got, like, I can't... Some of these things, I can't even... Oh, chicken wire and the bottles. I'm like, nope, that's not breaking. <laughs> that chicken wire is not flexing. <laughs> like, but in the same breath, as I said, I think I, I I tear things apart about the science of stuff when I'm like, I'm really enjoying this, and so I'm just going to sit here and nitpick. Because, mm. like, I kind of don't care, because it was fun. Yeah. Like, um, when we did uh, Galaxy... Galaxy, Galaxy Quest, Quest. Yeah, yeah, I'm like it was Galaxy Quest that we started what the science singing yeah. on. Some of the others, I was a bit more annoyed. It was more annoying. Yeah. But this is like, nah, it's fine. It was an explosion. Like you can kind of <laughs> do what you want. Mm. It's wrong, but you can do what you want. Um, don't don't care enough for the building explosion. I love the shot of them in the bedroom as the cops burst in and the floor just goes. Yeah, and it's such a good shot. I just want to know how much like Semtex or TNT she put in that building because. <laughs> That's big explosion. Mm. <laughs> That's quite an explosion. Mm. I love your reference to the chicken wire because they start playing a song. The whole audience hate it. They start throwing bottles at them. Glass starts smashing and they're like, oh, they don't like us. The lights go off. They're like, they hate us. Let's oh. play something they will like. And for the rest of the night, they continue to throw glass at them. The glass continues to smash all over the stage. But it's loving throwing. But it's it's, it's love intent. glass. Yeah, there's definitely less glass, and it's definitely being thrown. Um, it's being thrown underarm instead of overarm. <laughs> it's, it's not a baseball pitcher. It's yeah. more of a like lob of approval. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's, I think there's too many moments from this film to try and pick a favourite. But I am yeah. going to ask: um, do, do you have a favourite moment? Um, the, I'm, I'll start first because mm. just to give you a moment to think about it. I think it's in that country bar scene where that lone trucker guy is just crying uh, while while Stand By Your Man is playing and he's trying not to and he's just drinking his beer and sobbing and it's I thought that was so good that was hilarious Um, Esther you obviously have grown up with this film you've had I have so many favourite moments yeah when I was a kid my favourite moment was he was like you don't like the car (laughs) and he's like nope and then he speeds up jumps over the bridge Mm. and he's like so you like the car <laughs> and he just doesn't care and he doesn't respond and he's too cool to kind of yeah. like, he's like, oh, it's okay. Mm. Kind of thing. Um, but probably like I have so many favorite lines, mm. probably mm. 
Where's my cheese, whiz boy? <laughs> you got my cheese, whiz boy? I just... I, Andrew and I say that to each other all the time. Mm. It makes me happy. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> my other favorite line is where they go, so uh, when they're in the country bar and they go, so uh, what kind of music do you usually you play, play here? Oh, we have both kinds. Yeah. Country and, and Western. Western. <laughs> it's just yeah. like... It's... <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> We are very well educated here. <laughs> what about yourself, Kate? Obviously, first time watching it. Is there a moment that just makes you go, that was brilliant? I think, I mean, it's really early in the film, but I really liked, um, I am mad at you and so I'm going to push you down the stairs in the chair that you are stuck in yeah. and then yell at you <laughs> from the top and then get pulled backwards. Yeah, the nun just floating backwards yeah. and the doors, the doors closing themselves. <laughs> Yeah, just, there's something great about just like I am mad and mm. I am from God. Whip. Yeah. It's like all children are scared of clowns and nuns. It's mm. like it's just this thing that. Mm. Like and then they call it the penguin, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, it makes also, sense. Oh. I love when she curses them from the top of the staircase. Yeah. She's like, and you've returned to me with filthy language and bad attitudes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, dear. a really delightful um, film. Uh, I do have some trivia about it. Would you guys like to hear some trivia about the Blues Brothers? Yes, Love please. it. All right. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it ain't true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia is that uh, John Belushi disappeared while filming one of the night scenes. Um, Dan Aykroyd looked around and saw a single house uh, with, a, with its lights on. He went to the house and was prepared to identify himself in the movie and that they were looking for Belushi. Before he could, however, the homeowner smiled and said, you're here for John Belushi, aren't you? The homeowner told him Belushi had entered their house, asked if he could have a glass of milk and a sandwich, and then crashed on their couch. <laughs> Situations like this prompted Aykroyd to affectionately dub Belushi America's guest. <laughs> I love that. And we haven't really actually talked much, talked much about either Belushi or Aykroyd in terms of their performances. Mm. And as much as obviously it, it, they're you know a pairing and they bring so much to the film. It does feel like this is Belushi's film to me, um, oh. in terms of, like, uh, a, 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 as in he feels more like the star of the film. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Like, like Dan Aykroyd is excellent, and I think that you can't have one without the other. See, I found myself when they were both on screen, probably mm. watching Dan Aykroyd more than John Belushi, and I don't mm. know why that is. Yeah. Aside from maybe that I like watching the person who's doing all the supporty fun things, but mm. yeah, I I don't know that I agree with that. Okay. Um, I think it is he's set up that way because he's the one who has his, you know, light from heaven moment. Mm. But I don't know that that without the support and the going yeah. on. Um, I think he is set up as the as the lead of the two of them. Yeah. He's the first person we see. We mm. see him walking through the prison mm. and and we're seeing him respond to we're being introduced to the world through his yeah. eyes and his yeah. reactions and his responses. But watching it to this mm. round and being really hyper aware of the fact that this film wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Dan Aykroyd mm. and Dan Aykroyd wrote it. Yeah. He drove it. People like if it weren't for Dan Aykroyd, Aretha Franklin wouldn't be on it. Mm. He really he really pushed for the excellence in the film. Um and and used every sort of ounce of influence and sway mm. he had to make things really fantastic. So it's more delightful watching Elwood, yeah. being nervous and awkward and kind of 
like geeky and and he's not as cool as Jake. He's just but he's just not. I don't know. I I it's moments like the moment in the apartment when um, he you know put covers um, Jake up with the blanket and then he's just and it's you don't you wouldn't get the brothers bit mm. yeah. without Elwood. Oh in yeah. It. Like yeah. it'd be cool and Jumbelushi is great. And yeah. Not, but I just yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. It, it for me it just felt as though because Dan Aykroyd was so like all involved with this film it almost feels as though he gave belushi Mm. that little bit of spotlight um that was just kind of my impression like it's it is a double act i think it's so lovely that when we first see them the first time we kind of see them properly is that title card where they hug hug not taking place on the street either just that it's like this weird like white ethereal nothing realm <laughs> so random. but it's so great like it's almost like nothing else matters but the brothers and they yeah. hug and that's kind of like the only sort of emotion that they express in the film as well beyond like Out- outwardly yeah, to out- each other i think yeah. yeah the rest of the time we're playing it cool yeah all right let's do this okay it's like they're having a cool contest with mm. each other almost um but yeah i, I just think it's it's really interesting and i think obviously uh, you know john belushi um died a couple of years after this um and thankfully we do still have dan Aykroyd knocking around um but i, I think he's I, I just think they're both so incredibly watchable and given that it's such a loose premise to start with these yeah. these these characters i think it's remarkable what they've done i think there's so much love in this film yeah. like i feel like when they show the the final credits and they the crew all sing yeah. dancing uh, the jailhouse yeah. rock mm. and they're all dancing and laughing and you can see it's dusk so it's probably like right at the end of the day they're like hey i just imagine them like being like hey do you all want to get in a shot you know, for the final credits and they're all like, yeah, there just seems like there's so much love in this film. Mm. And I just, I sort of imagine these, these, um, the team of people sitting down and just getting really excited about the idea of chasing these performers and getting, getting all these amazing heroes into a film with them. It almost makes you wonder what hit the floor. What didn't make it into the film? Mm. Cause like, if this is the film, think about what else could have been in this film that they might have filmed or not. Um, well, I, I, um, I know that Aretha wasn't going to be in it. The the film people wanted to the the producers the film the, people the, the, yes the sorry, film people. The, so what what industry did I say I worked? Oh in? yeah, sorry. What's that? <laughs> they they wanted new fresh new faces mm. on the scene, and. So they didn't want Aretha because she was already established and she wasn't, you know, her career had kind of started to drop drop down a little bit. Um, And they wanted the group who sing Car Wash. Yeah. The Car Wash people. I don't know who the artists are. uh, Yeah, I know who who you mean. (laughs) But they were kind of new and hip and Dan Aykroyd was like, no, I want Aretha Franklin in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And fought really hard for that. And I feel, I feel like they got the cream of the crop. I feel like they got all their wishes. Mm. I feel, I like, feel be, like that was yeah. their cake. Yeah. Yeah, I just more mean in terms of like within those scenes, whether we would have gotten little extra snippets of fun that we just don't get to see in a two hour and well, 12 was, minute or even two mm. hour and 28. It was a $30 million film. Mm. Which was very, obviously very expensive at they, the time. And <laughs> they used some of that for, um, as a cocaine budget. Yeah. There was legit... Co- 
cocaine in the budget. Yeah, there was um, a, a lot of uh, recreational narcotics used uh, just by Belushi, uh, let alone yeah. everyone else. Um, yeah, this this was an expensive film. I've just realised, mm-hmm. and I did not know this, but the clerk at the end of the film mm-hmm. is Steven Spielberg, who who they lift up and sign the. It oh, is too. It's baby Steven Spielberg. There are so what, many, many guest cameos. So who we Pee-wee see? Herman. Pee-wee Frank Herman. Oz. Frank, yeah, Frank Oz in the opening. Yeah. Um, we've got... <laughs> with, my, with one of my We've got Kerry Fisher. We've got Twiggy. Twiggy. We've got John Candy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who's awesome. We've got Henry Gibson. Yeah, as the head Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's great. He, the head asswipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the head of the asswipe. <laughs> the... Um, the Nashville, the good old boys is Char- Charles. Um, Charles Napier. Napier. Charles Napier. Yeah, yeah. What a what a group of people. Just it just amazing. Mm. Who's the actress who plays the the nun? Uh, I've got Kathleen. It. Kathleen Murphy. He said, Kathleen checking something. his checking his list very briefly. <laughs> um, Everyone who's listening is like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Oh, <laughs> no, no. We just, we, there's just so many people in the there's film. There's so many. Like... It was Kathleen Freeman. Freeman. Kathleen Freeman. Who yeah. was your who was your like non musical favorite guest? Was it Steven Spielberg, or did you not notice? Well, it? I didn't know it was Steven Spielberg until yeah. just then. Ah. I didn't I didn't recognize him. Because I'm used to, you know, contemporary Steven yeah. Spielberg, where yeah. he's always wearing a baseball cap. Like, I did take that baseball cap off and take off 30, 40 years, and they don't recognise him, apparently. Yeah. He, um, yeah. Oh, I, I do like the cheese whiz guy. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the cheese whiz guy. Just this kind of, like, dirty-looking guy. Everyone listening to this is like, I didn't... I need to rewatch. this. <laughs> like, I just watched it. I need to go back. <laughs> I don't remember cheese with. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably pick either John Candy because John Candy, yeah. or um, Frank Oz because one unused prophylactic, one soiled. <laughs> like, so gross. And it's all stiff. It's, it's just so, it's on the that, It's like it's, it's gone mouldy, and then the mould has died. Like it's like. <laughs> legitimate amount of time has passed yeah. since that just, was so just throw it out guys it's so good. mine's very twiggy Die. when i was a kid i was so excited that i was like i think my mum was excited that yeah. twiggy was in a film because yeah. twiggy was sort of more her her speed yeah yeah mm. And so I was like, "Ooh, it's Twiggy, one of the most beautiful women in the world." <laughs> Just when I watched that it today, <laughs> when I watched it today, I was like, "Oh, she she'd well and truly had her career by the time mm. this film came out." Yeah, but still just wonderful mm. just just a what a cast um speaking of the cast uh, carrie fisher uh, became engaged to dan Aykroyd during shooting this film uh because he saved her from choking by applying the heimlich maneuver i thought that was twiggy according to this it was a, a, just a brief uh, a brief engagement i don't know if they got married ah i oh, know i thought that story was twiggy mm. well we've got our like i said <laughs> yeah we it, are I'm getting my phone off airplane mode we may need to check that one out while uh, our fact checkers are, are looking at that <laughs> we're, we're not multitasking uh, i will let you know that a world record 103 cars were wrecked during filming uh this record stood for two years, uh, because 1982's The Junkman broke it uh, by wrecking 150 cars and a plane. Yeah, it, uh, it was Carrie Fisher. Ah, oh, I am 
correct thanks thanks to the wonderful joy of um very sadly her obituary <laughs> um, mm. oh man <laughs> like what a list of things on her resume yeah, yeah. well specifically it's like it had her obit and then um stuff about who was at the yeah. um funeral and stuff so yeah thanks yeah. articles on the internet yeah but there you go i think maybe partly that might have just been you going oh, i wish that Elwood had ended up with yeah because he hits on her in the car and it's mm. kind of I mean it's it the also hottest, makes that, that it's, drop in the mud scene way worse yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it does it's the hottest scene in the film though the the Twiggy car oh yeah mm. like mm, man either, uh, either one of your, their shoes I'd I'd put them on yeah mm. uh, while filming the opening scene guards at the prison fired at the helicopter filming overhead shots because they thought it was an attempt to spy on the structure. <laughs> Nobody, nobody had informed them apparently. Oh, <laughs> so. that's, that's great! Incredible. Um, for the 30th anniversary of the film, the Vatican newspaper L'Osservatore Romano uh, called the film a Catholic classic, recommending it as good viewing for Catholics. Well, they do show a picture of the Pope. Mm-hmm. There's a good solid. Creepy crucified Jesus. Who <laughs> makes eye contact with the camera. There's a few statues that make eye contact yeah. with the camera throughout yeah. this film. It's wonderful. <laughs> and we know that um, Elwood and, and Jake are both Catholics, mm-hmm. at the very least, that the, 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 um, the asswipes know that Elwood is a Catholic. Oh, yeah. Well, one would assume that um, mm. the, the nun and the orphanage, yeah. and therefore, mm. at some point, at least some ways, down the, the Catholic yeah, track. Wow. I'm but, glad that it warmed the cockles of the Catholic church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, look, the Catholic, the Catholic church... They need stuff. They, yeah. they the, needed a thing. They need films too. Yeah. <laughs> and look, you know, the Vatican makes a surprising amount of appearances on this program. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, no, apparently Blues Brothers, all good. Good so, to know. Good it's for hilarious. Them. Uh, according to Dan Aykroyd, uh, cocaine, as you said, was indeed part of the film's budget. Uh, he said it was to help the cast and crew stay awake during the night shoots. Uh, John Belushi reportedly enjoyed it the most and felt that it enhanced his performance. Probably true. Yeah. I can I can understand why that would be said. Yeah. Uh, while we're on Belushi, um, according to John Landis, John Belushi sprained his back falling down the stairs in the desk where uh, from the penguins office I would office. assume so because that was not a stunt double all, much as the all yeah. the stunts are real in the film mm. and they also they had all the um, flipping no the flip the flipping's not real is I, it I don't believe so no I yeah think I was saying, like there are too many cuts no, 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 at no, no. appropriate points no no no, no but all the there's there's no there's nothing fake or you know the, no, no, apart really from the yeah. apart from the blue light that comes through the window oh. like all the yeah. car stunts and things no. I think they were flying 40 people in a week Foldy stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. To dr- operate the cars. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that, that, that's where the thirty million went. Yeah. I think. <laughs> How many stunt people do we need? Well, they they didn't spend much on those cars. No. They they skimped. But yeah. I mean, they they wrecked them though, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um. Although according uh, to Landis, uh, Belushi was in a back brace, non painkillers for the rest of filming. That would make sense because he kind of goes from doing quite a lot of physical stuff to mm. a lot of sitting and a lot of standing. And a lot less. Yeah, wow. Like, not so much. He doesn't get as movement aroundy as he does in that scene. Like, he squeezes himself in and out of that chair. Mm. Or in, into that chair. Mm. And it breaks <laughs> and off him. Breaks it off him. Um, he still yeah. goes pretty hard with the dancing. Oh yeah, but it's all it's all um it's like if you if you think about hip to to torso, he doesn't move mm. that bit of his body. It's arms and legs only. And there are and obviously stunts. shots of just legs. 
and then shots of the whole body. So it is possible that maybe some of the leg shots weren't him. It depends what order they filmed yeah. it in as well. Because yeah. if they'd filmed um, the dance sequences prior to the injury, then it's probably all Belushi. And a lot of the flipping, as I was saying, is like... I was like, oh yeah, I see your cut. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, see that, you, I see you that coming out of that flip. That didn't look very convincing. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's original script was very long. Um, in fact, the original script for this film was so long that as a joke, Aykroyd had it bound in the covers of the Los Angeles Yellow Pages. <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> so I think even he was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I'll, I'll cut it down. Um, another John Belushi injury story. Uh, right before shooting the final sequence, which required him to do uh, lots of onstage acrobatics for the um, performing at the Hollywood Palladium mm. in front of an audience of hundreds of extras, John Belushi tried out a kid's skateboard just there was a skateboard there I've and he went this story. I'm try it out he fell off it and seriously injured his knee um lou wasserman the head of universal pictures called the top orthopedist in los angeles and made him postpone his weekend until he could shoot up belushi with enough anesthetic to get him through filming as as uh, as a former netball player who's done a knee once or twice mm. that is Regardless, mm. it not feel good. Nope. <laughs> Regardless of how much you can or can't feel your knee. Mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. So not an approval from Kate. Uh, I mean, there are other things that it, work it better. Sounds but, like um... he, it sounds like he was a real loose cannon on set. Mm. It sounds yeah. like he was... It was probably the cocaine. Just <laughs> so, guys, we gave him all of this drug and now he's acting crazy. Guys, it was really the funny. 80s. That's how they did no, like, things. You're going to take a bunch of cocaine and then we're going to give you a massive anesthetic to counter the, like, oh this gosh. part of your body has yeah. been counted. Like, yeah. Just. Oh, oh the, the poor man. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, this film. Uh, obviously, it was released in 1980. It was released on the same day as a little film called Star, Star Wars? Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah. double Carrie Fisher Bill <laughs> and double uh, Frank Oz Bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so good. Well, I think Star Wars did a little bit better than this film. A smidge, <laughs> just a tiny little bit. I mean, I've seen Star Wars before today. So, <laughs> oh, why do I take that as a personal attack? <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> with all that being said, um, all that remains is for us to score the film. Yeah. And, Kate, it was your first time watching yeah. it, so you get to go first. What score out of ten would you give the Blues Brothers? I mean, I really enjoyed myself. I haven't laughed, laughed in a film for a long time. Like, out loud laughed for a long time. Um, if only because of a few dated references that I would worry would get even worse with time hmm. um and probably gonna give it like a nine because i really enjoyed myself hmm. nine let's go with nine <laughs> creepy jesus statues out of ten <laughs> because like that is in the first 15 minutes of the film hmm. and that stuck with me from the start yeah particularly the one hanging over the stairs you know it, it, that that's it's that's just... the one with the little white eyes yeah. and the like oh, oh. so good uh, what about yourself, Esther? What are you giving this film out of ten? Um, ah, oh, I think I think I'm thinking the same. I was thinking in my head, I'll go a nine, and then you said nine, and I was like, well, I I love this film a lot. I should give it nine point five, but I think a solid nine is good. I, I agree with your assessment there. I think it's very good, mm. and I feel really happy that You're you liked it. You're vindicated. 
yeah, it's look. This this was a really lovely film. Um, it's a film. It, it's one of the films it, that's actually kind of the reason we have this program in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this film is about creating a nice space for people to come and. If there's those films they get shamed for, like, you've never seen Star Wars, you've never seen Pulp Fiction, whatever it is, you can come and listen to it with some people who are in the same boat and witness it together. And Blues Brothers was one of those films for me mm. that people were like, you've not seen that, Blues yeah. Brothers, uh, including um, my delightful fiancé, uh, Dr. Ellen Sears. <laughs> who, who, we haven't talked about it on the podcast much, but she did watch it with us. Mm. And she did spend most of the time just <laughs> grabbing Stephen and going, see, see, see babe. This is why you, this is why this I said is you'd why love you it. love this movie. This is why you'd love this movie. I it's knew. got everything that you love about movies. In it. <laughs> everything. It's, it's so good. Oh, see. And she, she was right. She was absolutely right. And she's going to take that uh, you c- to yeah. the bank. You can't, you can't see this podcast, but uh, she is smiling and nodding in the corner politely. Yeah. So. Um, she's absolutely right. I, I did love it. So I'm going to give it nine um, Nazi expressions of love just before death. Yes. Uh, <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Oh, the car I've always loved the you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved him turning and going, I've always loved you, you know. <laughs> it's just, okay. <laughs> well, I know what's about to happen, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this, this was such oh. a fun, strange, weird film. Uh, and it was a delight watching it. Uh, Esther and Kate, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Oh, Thank thanks for having, for having us. Yeah, that's good. And for those of you listening in at home, thank you for watching along with us. Uh, hey, we've got a Facebook page. You can go over there, like it, follow us, see what films are coming up, and see what films we've discussed each and every week. Just go to Facebook, search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club, give us a like, and you'll get updates there. We're also available on Patreon. Uh, if you want to help us raise our $5,000 to save the orphanage that we were all brought up in, uh, you can go to patreon.com. It's a real orphanage. Yeah, yeah. it's there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, Actors and improvisers. Yeah. And yeah. It's um, a different kind of family. They, yeah. they were left by their parents. Yeah. Um, but yes, if you want to join us there, um, go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. Uh, for as little as a, as a dollar a month, uh, you can get all sorts of fun bonus features. And of course, we can be subscribed to each and every week. There's a brand new episode. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, however you get your podcast, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you'll get episodes every week. Uh, but that's all for this week's episode, so until next time, goodbye! Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>